DeMichael, you wouldn't believe it. I only traded away one person in your time away. It was just John Contra. You probably thought I was going to trade away a lot more people, didn't you? Look, look, Joe, I, I thought I was going to come back and it was going to be a whole new Grizzlies team. That's what I thought. <laughs> but, 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 but luckily, you held the fort. You didn't burn the thing down. And it's a finals Wednesday. Let's talk about who can help lineup-wise get the Grizzlies to that ultimate goal on this special edition because DeMichael is back of Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, DeMichael is back. We're all so happy. Yay, DeMichael. I can hear the cheers and the roars coming all over the internet for DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, being back with us on Locked on Grizzlies. DeMichael, you look well-rested. I hope you had a wonderful vacation, and we're all so glad to have you back with us on Locked on. Great time, Joe. Great time. Had a wonderful Good. time. But I missed you. I missed you, man. I, I missed Ooh, you, Joe. This, I missed you, I, I, too. I was listening to you, uh, and it's like there were so many times I wanted to just butt in and, and, and give yeah. my you know, opinions and things like that. But, you know, you as always, Locked on Grizzlies is always in great hands when Joe Monax is is here uh, doing the solo show. So uh, you held the fort down like always. No surprise oh, there. But, yeah, much needed time away from myself. Wonderful. We're happy to have you back. I know I speak for our entire audience. Uh, I speak for myself, most importantly. Glad to have you back with us, excuse me, here on Locked On Grizzlies. And this episode, this finals Wednesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Like, subscribe, rate, review, comment, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as over on YouTube. It is all good, and it is all welcome here on Locked On Grizzlies. So, DeMichael, obviously, it's the dog days of the NBA uh, offseason now. Perfect time for beat writers like yourself to go on vacation and catch your breath. Didn't miss too much, except for me trading away John Conchar. Uh, but it is a finals Wednesday, and on this finals Wednesday, uh, before we confirmed that you'd be back with us on this episode of the show, I had talked about discussing lineups and lineups. Yeah. I, I talked about dynamic duos and pairings. So I'm thinking more big, big style here in terms of lineup pairing or lineup, not pairings, lineup groupings, five or four guys that could really be impactful, not necessarily in the regular season. And that's important to differentiate here, right? This isn't regular season, mid-season tournament, whatever you want to call it Wednesday. This is NBA finals Wednesday. We're looking at, championship window and when the playoffs arrive usually eight or nine guys are in that rotation right so let's assume health let's assume brandon clark is back healthy for the memphis grizzlies that would give us john morant that would give us desmond bain that would give us marcus smart jaron jackson jr stephen adams brandon clark luke Kennard, and then is it xavier tillman is it zaire williams is it a bunch of different other people that could be in that eighth or ninth mix, I obviously understand that we'll go a little bit more in depth as the offseason progresses and the preseason approaches. But I'm curious as to who you see among those names that I just listed, whether it's, you know, a trio or a, mm -hmm. a quartet, 
you know, a, a grouping of guys that you are kind of intrigued to see and that championship mindset. Say it's the second round Western Conference semifinals. The Grizzlies are playing the defending champion Nuggets. It's game one in Denver. Memphis has a five-point lead. Of yeah. the names that I just said, you know, outside of Jaw, Bain, and Jaron, who do you think needs to be on the floor when it comes winning time uh, this uh, this coming spring? So before I just straight up just throw out a five-man lineup, I think yeah. what we have to, to make clear is this can change because the Grizzlies oh, yeah. have role players who are so good in certain areas. This can change series by series. We saw it a couple years ago. And I mean, we may have saw it if the if the Grizzlies would have advanced, you know, to that to the second round to play, uh, would that have been Golden State? I right. think there were a couple other players who, who weren't playing that much in the first round series, probably could have made more of an impact potentially in that series and whatnot. A different lineup pairing. Some players played in the first round, probably get less time. But that's what, what we have to factor in with the role players, their roles are so geared to either one or two areas of strength. When you need three-point shooting really bad, you're going to play Luke Kennard more. If you need, you know, a switchable defender on the floor a lot more, you're going to play Xavier Tillman more uh, and, and, and those type of things. So, but with that being said, if I'm thinking about just the five-man lineup, five guys I want to floor, game on the line, these are the guys I know who are, are the most likely to produce in the playoffs. And again, playoffs might be different than regular season. Like we Very much discussed. so. Very much so. And, and that's where I want to get to this. I think – uh, ja and Dez and Jaren are your givens, right? Those those are your givens. And Steven Adams is the biggest name that comes to mind when we talk about the series-by-series series scenario. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to throw something at you real quick. I think you can make an argument based on who the Grizzlies are playing in the Western Conference for Jaron Jackson playing alongside of Santi Aldama, Xavier Tillman, or Steven Adams, mm-hmm. depending on the matchup. But if I'm just picking one of those names, obviously I'm going to go with Steven Adams. But I will say this as well. Of those three, you know exactly how opponents are going to attack Steven Adams. There's not really a, a, a known way to attack Xavier Tillman on defense. You just know the Grizzlies are going to lose something on offense and and teams are going to teams are going to, you know, make him more of a focal point on that end. They're going to make Xavier Tillman be more of a scorer. As we saw in that Lakers a series, right. he had to win. He had to win a game on the offensive end pretty much. Uh, because they were making him be that guy. So uh, then there's the last spot, right? Again, more matchup base, but I'm going to go with the dog, just Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart's got to be on the floor. Now, of course, there will be certain matchups where teams don't have as good of wing scores, and once it's those teams, you can say, okay, Dez can guard the top guy, and you can put Luke Kennard, Ja, and Dez on the floor together in those closing situations, and your offense can just go to you know league-dominating levels. So – I would say my two guys, if I had to just pick two, I'm putting yeah. Marcus Smart and Steven Adams in there. But I could, there's there's a and maybe we'll we'll discuss this later on. Yeah. You know, like there there is a picture where I say, oh, Jaron should be playing alongside Santi against this team. Jaron should be playing alongside X against this team, or Luke Kennard should be on the floor, or maybe even we'll see how the season goes. David Roddy, Jake Laravia, maybe one of those guys, Zaire Williams could potentially be need to be on the floor against certain teams. We talked about how Zaire Williams, one of his defensive strengths is he's very good at, at chasing, you know, uh, as a chase defender. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. good guarding those Duncan Robinson, uh, Clay Thompson, you know, chasing Steph Curry around on the screens. David Roddy, that's not his strength, at least not yet. So, 
You can make a case for those guys in those specialty roles. But if you say give two names, Stephen Adams, Marcus Smart all day. I would say that David Roddy is someone that is almost like Xavier Tillman, as weird as it is to say out loud, because obviously Roddy plays on the perimeter and Tillman is more of a big, but I think their their defensive stylings are similar in the way that you just said it. I wouldn't trust X in the same way in that area that I don't trust Roddy, but mm-hmm. they both bring physicality, they bring size. There is value to the way that they do indeed defend. I would agree with Marcus Smart and Steven Adams, and I do think, and we'll talk more about this as the season gets closer, I think that's eventually your starting five. I think that's eventually what you're going to be looking at, a smaller three-guard, not a true small forward. Because I don't know, if I'm thinking about a, a playoff series, I see Luke Kennard fitting with any of those three perimeter players, right? John Morant, Desmond Bain, and uh, Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. I think he can play alongside all those guys. You take Marcus Smart out of that starting role and you make him a true reserve, I think you lose some of the energy that he brings right from the outset. I think, you, like you said, that dog, like that's a literal yeah. thing with Marcus Smart in terms of the yeah. energy that he plays with. He's like a dog chasing a car that mm-hmm. he's never going to catch it, and he doesn't care he's never going to catch it. He's willing to put in the effort and compete and fight, and that's exactly what this Grizzlies team needs. I, I think in terms of that, it was a perfect 10 out of 10 uh, pick for the Grizzlies to make him a top target in a trade. So I like the idea of Luke Kennard as a sixth man. I know uh, over at Blessed City Media, Luke, as a hat maker, I believe is his last name, but Luke does a great job for us over there, and he wrote about Luke Kennard yeah. as a sixth man. I think there's a window for that, and you negate some of the weakness of Luke as a defender if he's primarily going against other teams' reserves. So that would be my five with Luke Kennard being leaned on heavily. And we'll talk more about other Grizzly 16-game players. And maybe we can discuss where the big three, where Jaron, Dez, and Ja kind of fit in that Draymond Green 16-game definition next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just be at bets, excuse me, 20 bucks and you'll land $200 of bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. Memphis's best 16-game players. We're talking that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Molinak. So excited to be able to say that again with the Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. Back with us as a co-host on Lockdown Grizzlies after a well-deserved vacation. I, of course, Joe Molinak of Bluff City Media, also contribute over at SB Nation. Between the two of us, again, it's nice to say that again, between the two of us, we've got you covered, and we appreciate all of you that make Lockdown Grizzlies part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption. To start Finals Wednesday, to Michael, we talked about lineup ideas. And I think, you know, when you're doing a show like this, you could be tempted to give some sort of hot take. Like, Jake LaRavia can be that guy. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes it's simple, right? Like, we just talked about the five guys that I think anybody listening, watching, maybe can leave it in the comments. Yeah, right? Ja, Bain, Marcus Smart, Jaron, Stephen Adams, that all makes sense. But 
if we're looking at them individually now, still obviously lineups, it takes more than one guy. But, you know, Draymond Green has famously talked about 16 game players, guys that you need to win a championship. If you look at those five names that we listed there, I think that there are some that separate themselves in terms of being that 16 game type of player. And for me, the number one guy on that list might surprise you, and you might disagree with me on this. My top guy on the Grizzlies that is a 16-game player right now is Desmond Bain. And I think you could very easily make an argument for Jaron Jackson Jr. I think it's 1A, 1B in that way. Top top guy on the entire entire roster? uh, Yeah, say it again, I'm sorry. Top guy on the entire roster? Yeah, and, and that's just a fair just point making too. Sure, just making sure that I'm with you. Just making sure. I'm and with and you. it's and it's a top guy in terms again, sixteen game player. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're including regular season, you're including production in that way. John Morant, you probably say is the best player on the team, but sixteen games includes being able to defend your position. Sixteen games includes being in a spot where you have a game that is versatile. To me. John Morant among the big three, even though he may be the best overall player. If we're talking about winning championship basketball games, I would take Bain or Jaron ahead of Jaw. Doesn't mean Jaw isn't great. He's obviously had tremendous performances in the postseason. I am considering the entire scope of a basketball game. Desmond Bain doesn't do at the level of flash and dominance what Morant does, but 21-5-4, and four, we have to keep perspective here. Des is a really, really good player, and he does it on both ends of the floor at this end of his career. Yeah, and I see what you're trying to say. Some people are going to see what you just said. And, and, and they're going to want to fight me online like everybody They're going to they're gonna give it to online. you. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. going to give you the business. How do you know? pick someone over job? Uh, yeah, sure. But I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to go that route. I'm going to say it's job, and, <laughs> and it's because, look, you, this is... I get uh, part of your reasoning here because I've said probably as much as anyone, uh, just in the NBA in general, not even just along with job, but this whole pick and roll, dribble, 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 go into the teeth of the defense thing is not going to win championships. Kobe and that's Bryant, currently what we've seen him do more often exactly. than not. So we're and talking about current best 16-game mm-hmm. players. And, and Kobe Bryant made that comment about James Harden a few years ago in the hype of the rocket success, 60 plus win rocket teams. And Kobe Bryant said that it, it proved to be true. Uh, pretty much watching James Harden is proving to be true. You know, watching Russell Westbrook uh, and so far in Luca's career, you know, we saw him in the Western conference finals against golden state. It was very true then because golden state didn't have the toughest of times really defending Luca over the course of that series. Uh, so with that being said, I get that perspective, but at the same time, uh, what you need in the playoffs more than anything is playmakers. Someone who is going to make plays on both ends. You got Jaron as a great defensive playmaker. I can't rely on Jaron Jackson Jr. just yet to be an offensive playmaker. You, sure. We see the flashes. We see the flashes. Uh, Desmond Bang, s- same thing. I think we've seen, if you go back to the last two series that the Grizzlies lost, uh, the Golden State series, Des overall numbers look decent, but that was not Desmond Bain. Uh, you go to the Lakers series, and his shooting numbers were not that good. Uh, he struggled early on in the series. Caught, you know, he, he caught, I think, game five, game four, somewhere around there. Like he started to have better games, but game six, he wasn't he, he wasn't there. 
So uh, the idea that those two have, have shown up, have proven more in the playoffs than Ja, is something I don't agree with yet because Ja's had multiple 40-point playoff performances. And, and Ja is the one guy right now who you can say get the ball to him in the fourth quarter that he's going to dominate. And here's the other thing. If you put a better shooting small forward on the floor with Ja Morant, I think that increases his playoff success. We're talking about Ja getting downhill, going to the rim, and defenses between the Lakers, the Timberwolves, and Golden State, they just were waiting on him at the rim every single time. You can't do that when Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain are on the floor together, and we saw that in flashes. I'm still going with Ja. I think the offensive talent isn't going to change. Uh, defensively, he isn't great, right? But at the same time, you're probably going to play one team this season that's going to have three elite wing scores. That's the Phoenix Suns. Maybe Boston Celtics. But you're not going to play a lot of teams out here that are going to say, okay, well, looks like Josh got to guard Bradley Beal tonight. <laughs> right? More times than not, you can say, okay, let's just throw him on Dorian Finney-Smith or let's throw him on you know whoever the weakest wing option is on, on most teams, and you can hide him. So – that's not really a concern for me. I mean, uh, it's more so the fact that this whole dribble, dribble, dribble thing uh, has to improve. And I think, look, it's always going to be a part of his game because he's so good with the ball in his hands. But what you have to improve on the fact is uh, get another shooter on the floor with him. That's when we will get our real judgment. I, quite frankly, Joe, I just don't think he's been in the put in the best position yet to be a playoff performer. Interesting. I do think that's a fair point. And we saw a lot of success with Ja, Bain, and Kennard out there together yeah. at the same time, to your point. But to my point, Desmond Bain during the playoffs, okay? Desmond Bain during the playoffs, the six-game series, with an injury, right? 110 points per shot attempt, according to Cleaning the Glass. That was 44th percentile. Ja Morant, 104 points per shot attempt. 25th percentile. So... I think that if we're talking about who scored the best in the most recent playoff series, statistically speaking, it's Desmond Bain, not Ja Morant. I would like to see Ja continue to develop his outside perimeter game. I think he's going to. I, I want to stress that I think Ja Morant's going to come like a bat out of hell when he comes back from suspension. <laughs> I think we're going to see, uh, for better or worse, a guy that really wants to prove a lot of people wrong, and that is going to be – a good thing, I think. I think plenty of I people agree. are going to try to make it a negative. I yeah. think it's going to be him trying to take a tough situation for him personally. You can agree, disagree, mm -hmm. whatever. We're not talking about that. It's the reality of where he's at. When he comes back, however he takes it, he's going to try to use it as motivation. I do think there's room for him to grow. And again, Dez is a terrific player that's going to get better through sheer force of will. If we're talking about physical talent given by whatever gods may be, it's John Morant with a bullet compared <laughs> yeah. to Desmond Bain. Yeah. That's not the question. I think that Morant has more to prove for me, and I think he's more than willing to prove, not necessarily me wrong, but prove that he can be that level of player. He's not just a regular season guy. He obviously has had playoff success. But you know the saying to Michael, you're only as good as your, your latest series. Uh, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. Dez in the Lakers series, even with the injured toe, was a more effective scorer per shot attempt than John right. Morant was. Part well, let of me ask you a question. Let me, let me ask you a question. Sure. Uh, putting another shooter on the floor, who do you think it benefits more? Does it benefit John, John Morant? Morant? And 
I think that's that's the answer to our, our playoff question. Right but there. you also I, have Marcus Smart, who, again, talking about playoff performance, as we've discussed here on Lockdown Grizzlies before, Marcus Smart has proven over the last several seasons on a larger sample yep. size than the Grizzlies have had that he can be a better three-point shooter in the postseason as compared to the regular season. So Marcus Smart versus Steven Adams maybe for the next best 16-game player. Maybe that's something for next Wednesday's yeah. uh, and finals Wednesday. Uh, when we finish up here on this edition of finals Wednesday on Lockdown Grizzlies, who are we nervous about in that way? We talked about eight or nine guys in the rotation. Who do we think uh, his game doesn't necessarily translate to postseason success? Just yet. Again, we have a lot of basketball to play, obviously, before the postseason arrives. But this is Finals Wednesday. We're prognosticating. Who, if the playoffs started today, would we be nervous about taking the floor for the Memphis Grizzlies? We'll talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinex, one of your hosts, joined by my co-host, Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already do so, at Michael C., Follow me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax if you don't already do so. We've had a very successful month of July here at Lockdown Grizzlies. Thank you so much to everybody who has helped make that happen. It is much appreciated from DeMichael and myself. We talked about the best 16-game players. I think we agree, DeMichael. It's Jaw, Jaron, and Bain in some sort of order. You think sure. Shaw's number one on that list. I don't necessarily agree, but that's what makes our podcast interesting. Sometimes we don't agree on those things. And that's okay. And, you know, John Morant might catch wind of this and, you know, dunk on someone and call out the big fat bald guy on locked on Grizzlies. Um, who isn't there yet? Right. This is, uh, it's good to end the show with this. Cause I do think this is a double-edged sword of, well, they're not there yet and they're not going to be there for nine months. So this is true off season content here. Um, who are you most nervous about if they had to perform in the playoffs? And for me, I think at this time, it would be someone like Jake LaRavia. Because we talk about the shooting stroke. We talk about how he's shown growth in his skill set. We say that we're not worried about the shots not going in yet. But whether it's Summer League, whether it is NBA games, again, G League, he has some success. There's been a lot of times where we haven't seen the ball go in yet. So for what he's going to be asked to be for the Memphis Grizzlies, I am nervous about saying, all right, Jake, go ahead and defend Clay Thompson, and we need you to be able to hit that three when the ball gets kicked to you wide open in the corner. Mm. I've seen David Roddy in the postseason. I've seen Zaire Williams in the postseason. Mm -hmm. It's been a couple postseasons now, but we've seen Zaire. Jake's lack of experience and the inability to this point to be consistent in NBA-specific competition, not necessarily G League. And again, Summer League is a stretch calling it NBA competition too. I understand that. Um I would be most nervous about uh Joe. That's that's come on, Joe. That's 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 your cheap answer. That's, we, of course, we all nervous about him. We're nervous, we're nervous about him in the regular season. Wow, come on. Joe, okay, I, I, well then what's your real answer then, Mr. I, fresh from vacation? Let's 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 take it up a notch. Okay, because let's quite hear frankly, it. outside of the court guys, I'm worried about everyone. Oh and, and this is this is where we get into the next conversation about the Grizzlies going from contender to elite team. So if you look at these teams that have recently won championships, I've just taken a liking lately to uh, playmaking. Hmm. Uh, teams aren't winning championships with just a bunch of elite role players around them. That's kind of sure. how we 
coined the Grizzlies in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but Dez is developing, Jaron is developing, and, and I'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. it, but this past season, and even maybe the year before, in some way, shape, or form, it's kind of felt like, oh, it's Ja and a bunch of guys who are great at their roles, right? Uh, now, that I don't think that's a championship formula. Uh, you have to have multiple guys who are playmakers. And, how, and what are playmakers? Uh, the Denver Nuggets, Golden State Warriors. You can go through even more examples. But the Nuggets are the most recent. Uh, yes, Jokic was your primary playmaker, right? He was the one guy who could do pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. But you have to have three or four guys who can go off the dribble, shot create, make tough shots. The Grizzlies, to our knowledge, do not have that yet because the playoffs is tough shot making. If you, watch the, if you watch the Miami Heat play, oh, I mean, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, these dudes are making step backs. Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. is running 20 miles per hour off screens, setting his feet, knocking down shots. Jimmy Butler, we know the shots he's making. Same thing with uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown over there. And the same thing with the Denver Nuggets. Yes, they, they generate efficient shots, but Michael Porter can go get his shot too. He's going to take one dribble and shoot over the top of you in the mid-range, or he can shoot the three-pointer over anyone. Jamal Murray, we know the mid-range uh, step back, fade away, the three-point shot that he has. Bruce Brown, what he gave them off the bench, getting downhill, getting to the rim. They had four guys who you say, oh, you can't just say, oh, that's a spot-up shooter. Even to a certain degree, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, but those guys are the ones that I focus on. Four guys. But with the Grizzlies right now, who, who are those guys? I think we, we've kind of broken down how the Grizzlies have had guys, you know, John Morant ranked like in the 30, 33 percentile in isolation scoring this past season. Desmond Bain was in the lower third of the NBA in isolation scoring percentage this season. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the one guy of the of the three star players we focus on who was efficient in that area. Right. But playoffs came, you, you put Anthony Davis in front of him a little bit more. It wasn't it wasn't as easy pickings. Uh so that is my big question in terms of who isn't there yet? Because who else is, is Zaire Williams going to become that guy when when a team is locking up Ja and they got the, a nice you know uh, long defender on Desmond Bain that's making it tough for him to get his shot? Is is Zaire going to be able to say, all right, let me go attack this six three guard they're putting on me because they're not going to put him on Ja or Des and let me go get my shot and just shoot over him all game like Michael Porter would do? Remember. We saw it in that series in the Nuggets. When people played the Nuggets, they would try to sneak a smaller defender over Michael Porter and easy pickings. He, he, he dominated those matchups. You couldn't do it. Uh, the Lakers, remember, they tried to put, what, Austin Reeves on him mm-hmm. and, and all these other – and he, he babysitted them. Like, it was easy. So uh, that's what we need to see. More of the role players have to step up and dominate their matchups. Actually, just based off what we've seen in small sample sizes – Jake Laravia is a guy who I think can do that because he's six seven with a with a nice build and he's shown the ability to get to the rim. He and hasn't it, done it against real competition. But he hasn't so. he, exactly, and and I'm and I'm with you. So that's why I say at this point, I don't know who you can trust, and maybe that'll that'll change over the course of the season because at the end of the day, that's my one grief about the Grizzlies as the roster is currently constructed. That's why I advocated for guys who can come off the bench and create shots. Derrick Rose, if he's two years ago, Derrick Rose, he is one of those guys. When he was a six-man-of-the-year candidate, he was a guy that could get to the cup and get whatever shot he wanted. But that's what the Grizzlies 
as currently constructed, they don't have enough of that. And that get ex- that gets exposed in the postseason. That's why we talk about the half-court offense all the time. Because when you see the Clippers play and you see the Suns play and you see the Nuggets play, those teams are going to get after it in the half-court. I think that we may have just stumbled into our Thursday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Mm. I think that maybe we talk about fixing the half-court offense as best we can is there someone on the roster that we think can do it? Luke Kennard, we've talked about a lot. You mentioned Derrick Rose a moment ago. In terms of the trade market, with the traded player exception generated by the Dylan Brooks contract, all sorts of different things. How do you get to that point? Because I think I agree with you. It makes me nervous to say it because maybe Memphis isn't a contender in that way because they don't have those guys that all these other contenders You need have. them. Yeah. And you need them. So – is it a development thing or is it something where, you know, we, we I did a show while you were out about Memphis taking advantage mm-hmm. of the Damian Lillard uh, yeah. Miami Heat situation. Uh, does Tyler Hero wind up in Memphis? How the heck do you even do that? Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying I, I, I'm i I'm spitballing here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ways to bring in shot creators. Tyler Hero is a shot creator. He can yeah. do that. So we'll talk about that, I think, on our Thursday edition of Locked On Grizzlies. We'll continue this conversation and expand upon and that's why i'm so glad you're back partner you've got these good ideas that's good stuff thank you uh for being with me again and for having a great show with me i'm excited to have to michael back i know our uh, our listeners you out there our viewer our listener checking us out also excited to have to michael back in the fold here on lockdown grizzlies we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts make sure you're liking commenting rating reviewing subscribing all those things check us out on youtube we're proud members of Locked On Podcast Network, your team, each and every day. And once again, shout out to our everydayers who are checking us out for their Grizzlies and NBA content. It is appreciated. DeMichael is back. It was a great show on this Wednesday. We're going to continue this conversation on Thursday. Let's try to fix the half-court offense. Let's try to bring in some playmaking, some shooting. Let's get the job done. Hire Zach Kleiman. We're on the move. Free and available on Locked On Grizzlies. See you Thursday.